What are you, madam? Some sort of a fanatic? Roswell, we've had this out before. What was once an idiosyncrasy of yours is now an obsession. This, this insistence on blaring noises and running a household like it was a destroyer escort on convoy duty. The combination has now become quite impossible and I can't live with it. Stand, madam. Oh, knock it off, Roswell. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you guys enjoyed our detour last week talking about George Romero's The Amusement Park. That was an interesting conversation. Um, it's it's a it's a, a weird uh, nut to crack, but I think we had a pretty good conversation about it. Yeah, definitely. And it, you know, George Romero is such an important uh, influence on horror and sci-fi and a lot of the things that we surround ourselves with today. It's like. Please just watch it for, for for at least one viewing. Like it was, yeah. it was a good it, again, like again, good conversation. I think you will have good conversations after watching it with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, like we both watched it twice uh, for the show. It's one of those things that I think I'm good for now because <laughs> yeah. it's super it's, sad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a rough watch, but it's important watch. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. I I know I pulled the handbrake on season five because of that just being released, but. Here we are, the last 10 episodes of The Twilight Zone. We're in the the backstretch of the backstretch of the backstretch. Here we go. I think it's the last 10. I'm pretty sure it's the last 10. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're getting into uh, Season 5, Episode 27, Sounds and Silences. Um, air date was April 3rd, 1964. Number one film, The Pink Panther. Um, that's, that's the, no, I, I was going to make it, or it's a prequel to Black Panther. It's just, it was a different Panther. Like I would, I would have you ever, there was a cosplay of somebody dressed up as like the Black Panther, but it was the Pink Panther's head, but it was all black. It was amazing. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, it's that's amazing. Great. I they love did a great it. job yeah, on that. That's great. Uh, number one song, uh, the Beatles, uh, she loves you. So, uh, what I found out, there was two things here from our day and date. One was from April 3rd, uh, the, the date the show aired. Uh, Malcolm X gave his speech, the bullet or the, um, sorry, the ballot or the bullet at the Cory Methodist Church in Cleveland, Ohio, calling on African Americans to reconsider the policy of nonviolent resistance in pursuit of equal rights. Don't be throwing out any ballots. He told the crowd, a ballot is like a bullet. You don't throw your ballots until you see a target. And if there's a target that is not within your reach, keep your ballot in your pocket. He closed by saying, in areas where the government has proven itself either unwilling or unable to defend the lives and the property of Negroes, it's time for Negroes to defend themselves. This doesn't mean you're going to get a rifle and form battalions and go looking for white folks, although you'd be within your rights. If the white man doesn't want the black man buying rifles and shotguns, they'll let the government do its job. That's all. It's 1964. It's the ballot or the bullet. Like, just considering all the voting restrictions, things going on right now, it's like, ugh, like it's... I, I hate that every time we dip back into like, you know, 50 plus years, it's like, oh, we didn't learn a goddamn thing, did we? Like, that's what it feels like. So not, not by much, honestly. No. Um, it's a, it's a hell of a speech, too. I, I've never I've never heard that one. I, I mean, I'm sure there was much more going on, but this was from the like from the Wikipedia. Like, so that that's that's on me. But this is one of, like it just, you know, like his his like, I mean, I, again, I don't understand. I, I don't have the capacity, not capacity is not the word. I um. I have not done the due diligence and the research to dig into all this a whole lot. However, I do agree with a lot of what he was saying in regards to this, where it's like, you know, we've not been given this opportunity and you got to, you know, spend your ballots appropriately, you know? And also, you know, like, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, civil rights was still a big thing. And I mean, it, like this is 64. I mean, like no, nothing yeah. really changed that much. So, and it still I, is right. Cause we just recently battle. had that, uh, for the people, uh, legislation that's got killed in the Senate, right. Mm -hmm. That was trying to, 
yeah. Anyway, I'm sure, um, I'm sure our friend Serling would be, um, like, uh, piping mad at some of the stuff that's still going on. Right. So yeah, there you go. So April 4th, uh, the Beatles held the top five positions in the billboard top 40, uh, for singles in America, an unprecedented achievement. The top songs in America as listed on April 4th in order were can't buy me love twist and shout. She loves you. I want to hold your hand and please, please me. They had the top five spots. I think the Americans loved the British Beatles. music, yeah. It's, yeah, especially the Beatles. I mean, but they're going to love all the rest of the British music that comes along, too, because you had the Yardbirds, you had the Stones. Like, there was a lot of things that developed. Hermits, hermits. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I love 60s music. 60, yeah. 50s, 60s, and 70s music, I absolutely adore. There's a lot of heart in it, and, uh, you know. I just... I just find it weird that the day before there's this very fiery speech about the importance of voting for minority voters. And we're like, Hey, what has the top five spots for music? Oh, just four white guys from England. Like, just like <laughs> ugh, weird times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, also yeah. talking about love too. So yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, no, it just, I've never, I'm, I've not encountered a situation where s- somebody came out of the gate like that hard and like that had that much like charting success. Like that's, other than Elvis, you know, Elvis had a lot of that too. But yeah, you don't really yeah. even see, you've never really even seen that out of like boy bands or anything like that, right? Um, so, so yeah, that's that's crazy. So you're right. Like the the British invasion was in full force, uh, but yeah, like you, you mentioned a lot of that. Uh, and then later, even like I I, I love the Beatles, but like I, if you want to like my favorite British invasion, like later was Led Zeppelin. Like I that's that was where I was at. It was a little later. You know, but the Yardbirds that had, uh, well, Jimmy Page came in later, right? Or no, he was part yeah, of that originally. Yeah, he was part of the birds. Yeah. The Yardbirds, yard not birds. the birds. Not the birds. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if we're talking about British music for a moment, then uh, uh, Black Sabbath. Yeah, all the way. Well, that's, yeah. They're not part of <laughs> the British part invasion. Of the invasion but, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the, yeah. the Godfather is a heavy metal, man. Like, I. Yeah, you gotta appreciate the I, yeah. British and their music. And we didn't even get into the Who or any like anything else. Yeah, so yes, this Judas was the start. Priest. Yeah, there you go. Uh, That's Motorhead. <laughs> it's it, yes. We're, we're, I, I hope you're listening, Richard. I'm naming all the good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friend of the show, Richard, who uh, just recently, if people are interested, uh, he uh, he's been guest hosting with me like uh, on Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we covered. Uh, uh, Zoltan, the Hound of Dracula, uh, from 77, I think it's 77, 78. And he gave me a quiz about metal bands that I didn't do so well with. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, I think he would appreciate us talking about Sabbath, um, you know, and, and all those associated. Yeah, so, please, yeah. please listen to that episode. Uh, there might be some, uh, uh, irons in the fire for, uh, Richard and I in the future here. Oh, yeah. So you guys, are you guys going to start your own like metal podcast? Uh, we're thinking about oh, it. Am I going to produce it? I'll oh. do, that's fine. Like, you know, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We're, 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 ta- we're, we're in the negotiations right yeah, now. Like I'll just sit here and be like, I don't know. Like <laughs> long, long live rock and roll. Yeah, like like um I, I did make a joke about Striper during that episode and I got shot. The hell down with the devil. Quickly. Yeah. I was like metal, right? Like striper, and it did not go well. So <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. Like, I mean, yeah, I like metal. Winger. Anyway, so Hey, Winger um, had some decent hits too. I, anyways. Firehouse is really the Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, Firehouse. So also April fourth. <laughs> Uh, I just want to, David Cross was born. So I think that's, you know, I, I like David Cross. I know Median, yeah. he's um, not always said like the best things at times, but I do like David Cross, but I enjoy him on the rest of development and Mr. Show and <laughs> all that stuff. So yeah, there we go. That's uh that's your day and date. Uh, let's just get into our cast and career. What do we got going on? All right. So we have our director, Richard Donner coming back. So this is one of six episodes that he's done. We have three more from him to come. Um, People would know him from doing the Lethal Weapon series. Uh, Superman. Superman. Uh, you know, he has a lot of credits to him. We talked about him more recently, but the this is not. This is not if one of his like. Well, I don't think the directing is the problem with the episode. I'll just that, say that. Yeah. So, uh, so but, but he did uh, uh, the. Yeah. So far of the three that we've seen from him with three to go, we've seen a uh, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, yes. which is like a classic uh, from Agnes with Love, which. It's not great. Uh, again, the directing's probably not the problem there. It was a script. Uh, and then this one. So it's like, we still get three more in the final 10 of his. So I'm very interested still. To see what like, happens. I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I, like, I, I want to see what he does with all these other scripts. Um, but yeah, like three more. Let's go. I'm still, I, like, I'm a Donner fan, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Considering it's like, you know, six, if you end up doing six, uh, directing six episodes of Twilight Zone, it's like that ends up like being like, 
a decent amount of the series, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. So, and he gets the last, the home stretch. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, anyway, like we, we love Richard Donner, done some great things, you know, not done some other, not so great things, but again, you know, you have a long career, you're going to have some hits and misses, uh, but nightmare 20,000 feet. amazing. Speaking of uh, our friend, Richard, he was on the episode. So check that out. Uh, but yeah, that, so we got Donner coming back. We have three more from him looking forward to those other three. So who do we have here for our cast? Oh, well, I'd be remiss to oh, the say writer. that uh, a yeah. writer here is uh, <laughs> I would be remiss. <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, yeah. so our writer coming back again, Rod Serling. So Rod wrote this episode as well. Uh, Rod, if you can hear me, <laughs> you've had some big misses. If you are somehow ghostwriting, literally ghostwriting for somebody else, don't write like this again. I'm just I'm showing my hand right now. I'm going to put it at that. Period. Um, but, you know, we got more coming from Rod. So, into uh, our cast, we go here. We got uh, uh, John MacGyver. 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 Yeah. Um, so, he plays uh, Roswell of Flemington. One other episode of the Twilight Zone, The Bard. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I hmm. I think he must have been one of the advertising guys. Like, I, yeah. I'm almost yeah. positive yeah. of it. Yeah. But he, otherwise, he looked very like. I think he was I, bald. Well, he was bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bald white guy that was advertising in the 60s. Who'd have thought? Mm. Uh, but um, whatever reason, I, I'm sure we talked about it then. Like, he looked very, like, familiar to me from, like, other things. And I just, you know, I just couldn't. Just he has that kind of punchable face that you would, like, you see, like, as a character actor. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Punchable face. Punchable face. This episode will show you that. In a manner of speaking. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, and outside of those, um, he did 24 episodes of The Jimmy Stewart Show and two Alfred Hitchcock Presents episodes. That is a standard for Alfred Hitchcock. That's not <laughs> Yeah, for the, like, the fat outline thing. The, yeah. The, just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, next we heard uh, uh, Penny Singleton, uh, Mrs. Flemington, uh, Roswell's wife, obviously. Uh, voice of Jane Jetson yes. on multiple iterations of this Jetson. Yeah, and so. when you like play the, the clip at the beginning, you can hear the Jane Jetson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was only up to the Twilight Zone. The, her other big claim to fame, though, is that she was Blondie Bumstead on um, the um, Blondie. The series of Blondie the, does. The radio yeah. and then the films. And that was ba- like, if people see. Uh, the Dagwood and Blondie comic strip. That's the character. That's kind of cool. Like somehow that was like a big, like that was a big cross like media thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't really know how to speak to that. Um, I, it's like uh, some of those. Was it, was it shows? Were they shorts? Like what were they? I don't know about the, She did 28 films as Blondie Bumstead. So I don't know how long they were, yeah. but she did like the longstanding radio show of her. Uh, and then also like Blondie, the comic strip, it's her and Dagwood, right? And Dagwood Bumstead. And here, here's the thing. I don't know if the Dagwood sandwich comes from that name of that comic strip that have you ever heard of a Dagwood? I've heard of it. I don't know what the hell's in it, but <laughs> I don't know if they, they where's Steve. Steve would probably know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look this He's up right now. Sandwich so, expert. Uh, sandwich expert. Steve, please tell. Oh, actually look at Dagwood comes from like, he the, he just comic. texted in, yeah. right? <laughs> it's a tall multi-layered sandwich made with a variety of meats, cheeses, and condiments. That's every sandwich Wikipedia. Why would you say that? <laughs> so um, it is a, uh, a cold cut sandwich. Yeah. I, there is a picture that it's like, it shows a sandwich like this, like stack. Sorry. I'm putting my hands up. You can't see. It's like, like a, foot tall sandwich full of things um it says where was let's see here um where was it in terms of uh it appears to contain a large quantities of cold cuts sliced cheese vegetables separated by slices of bread i think it's kind of like in terms of the comic like he would make these big tall stack sandwiches with a bunch uh, of different things like Popeye uh, or so whatever, yeah. yeah so i think um uh, I, I've had a dagwood but again it doesn't i think it's just a matter of like your mileage may vary of what goes into a dagwood um, like, I'll take any sandwich right now. Yeah, I'm sure. So I just, I want, uh, yeah, that sounds amazing. So, um, but yeah, anyway, so we got, uh, we got her playing Blondie and yeah. I thought that was, uh, really interesting. Like yeah. I, that she had a very successful career and you could definitely hear the Jane Jetson. I don't know about you. I know we're both happily married, but I always talk about my wife pulling the Jane Jetson where I go to hand her something and she grabs the wallet as opposed to like, you know, the money in hand. 
Like the beginning uh, of the Jetsons, you know, where George hands her like a yeah. couple dollars for like go shopping and then she just grabs the wallet. I'm like, you pulled a Jane Jetson. That that is why is that a verb in my life? But I will I will accuse my wife of Jane Jetsoning me sometimes. Like I, I think of the Peggy Bundy. I, yeah, that'd be, yeah, it, and my Peggy wife Bund- is a that, redhead. That, so. is, that is the evolved <laughs> version. The, the Peggy Bundy. Like, but I was like, you just pulled a Jane Jetson, you know. So So I so next here we have Michael Fox, not Jay. Um he plays our psychiatrist in this episode. Uh he was in uh, three episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, we have Nightmare as a Child, which you did not enjoy, and Mr. Yep. Dinklage the Strong. Dinklage, Mr. Dingle the Strong. That Mr. Is, uh, Dingle. That's uh, Mr. Dinklage. That's Mr. Burgess Meredith, and that's also an episode that was not great. But so the reason you said not Michael J. Fox, the reason the J in Michael J. Fox's name exists is because of this guy, yep. right? So, and then also he's he's part he's re, um, responsible for something called um, the Fox Effect. Which is he is actually able to prove he did like a, a film, a short film of him dressed up as a scientist, like reading a bunch of jargon, but doing it with like a very like deliberate pace. So it sounded like he knew what he was talking about, but no one else did. So you talk about the Fox effect where someone just like just talks forever without any rhyme or reason. But you're like, oh, well, they seem insincere. That's an actual thing that happens. It's named after him because he showed it. Hmm. Um, so there's an actual whole Wikipedia article about the Fox effect. You should look it up. He was also an over the top. So I just want to mention that in an 85 episode of the Twilight Zone. Yes. And, and, uh, 171 episodes of the bold and the beautiful. Oh, there you go. So just rambling in the background. Like, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> and, and so the Michael J Fox thing, was that because of the guild? Yes. The actor. Yeah. Cause like they had to do something. So he just added the J in there because he did, cause you couldn't have the same name. Exactly. Right? Okay. So. That's what I thought. Uh, so, uh, Renee, uh, Aubrey is our next uh, cast member here. Uh, Ms. Abernathy. Abernathy. Yeah. Uh, a couple of episodes of Andy Griffith's episodes, and that's about it. Yeah, I got that. seven credits total. Yeah. yeah. So next we have uh, William Benedict. Be- Benedict? Benedict. Uh, he plays uh, Conlick? Con- Conklin? Conklick? Yeah, yeah whatever. whatever. Sure. Um, close enough. Uh, 315 credits. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Most of it's TV work. Uh, he was on Dukes of Hazard. All in the Family, and The Incredible Hulk. And as he was in a film from 53 called The Magnetic Monster, which is probably way cooler than the movie is. The title sounds amazing. Yeah. It's like, I'm the Magnetic Monster. It's like, well, then how do you stop them? I don't know. Get him near something metal and he can't move. Because it's like, I'm sure he just gets stuck to it. And that's it. Right? Is it, it's probably a Corman film. Um, yeah, sure. Um, do, do, you, do you remember those um, those little, um, you'd buy like the doodle things with like the, the face and you get like the, the iron filings. And you take like the little magnetic pen and draw things and like give them mustaches and eyebrows. I've Maybe that's what this is. Maybe he was like just full of iron filings. And they was just his facial hair. I don't know. But yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Um, Clearly so- I'm older than Terry. <laughs> Remember these things called then, rocks. Yeah, no, Terry's going to be like, well, no, 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 come over here. It's a fun ride. Just go in here. I'm going to get shoved into an old person's home. Unbeknownst to me. That's what's going to happen. I'll be like, but I got tickets. He's going to take them from me. That's a call back to last week. Anyway. Yeah. What? Yeah, listen to that episode. Um, so uh, Francis D. Sales is our next uh, cast member here. Uh, he plays the doctor. Uh, he was in Psycho and an episode of The Munsters and Hawaiian Eye. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, but yeah, we're we're not quite through the the wonderful trifecta of Strange Highways Connections. We're going to get there. We got to get it going here. Yeah, so, so that's why that's what I have for him. That's it. It was Hawaiian Eye and Psycho. So to finish off our cast here, it was at Lorraine Tuttle. Uh, she was a secretary. She was also in Psycho and The Manitou. There you go. And. Johnny Midnight. Two episodes. Uh, so Johnny Midnight. What's up? Fill yeah. out your bingo cards. Yeah. You want. All we need is some kind of random helicopter crash or something to, to really tie this episode together, which was which is funny because the director of the Manitou actually died in helicopter crash. Now that's crash. what this Now that I said is. that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Um, <laughs> William Girdler actually died in the helicopter crash. Now oh. that I think about it, he directed the Manitou, which I keep trying to get Terry to watch. And that we've talked about on Strange Highways previously. It's a wonderfully weird film. This is the, the bacon effect. Like oh, you're, you're yeah. somehow connecting events now with yes. the actors. And- yeah, I know. But he also died. Like uh, So Girdler actually died in helicopter crash scouting after making the Manitou. And that's it, the guy who made Grizzly. He made Abby. Like the guy. Grizzly's who, awesome. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, man, what would he have done if he would actually gotten like a little bit more established with the budget? 
We got to schedule the Manitou. We got to talk about oh, the Manitou. We, Anybody already, is excited. We've already for the talked Manitou. about Strange Highways, but you know we, we, we can talk about the Manitou in other forums. It's already an episode that showed up on this the series. Oh, so sorry, future. sorry about that. Oh. <laughs> I don't well, know if I want to do a revisit of the Manitou here. Well, we are Strange Highways, but we're gonna we're gonna watch. Terry and I will sit down and watch the Manitou. We're going to watch. Sure. Yeah. If you, anybody wants to hear my coverage on the Manitou. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe we'll we'll contact our friends uh, over at the at the Devil's Ball and see if we get them to watch the Manitou because we could wander over there for that. Oh, that sounds like that's a, a good idea. Yeah. So, all right. So the big thing here about Lauren Tuttle, uh, her most endearing impact was as one of network radio's more, more versatile actresses, often appearing in 15 shows per week. Comedies, dramas, thrillers, soap operas, and crime dramas, she was known as the first lady of radio. One newspaper columnist called her quite possibly the most heard woman in America. So, like, very big radio career. Um, just got to mention that. Also, the Manitou. So, there we go. <laughs> so, that's our cast decree. Have another, any other notes? No, no. As All far right. as uh, cast, that's it. All right. Let's certainly take it away. This is Roswell G. Flemington. 220 pounds of gristle, lung tissue, and sound decibels. He is, as you have perceived, a noisy man. One of a breed who substitutes volume for substance, sound for significance, and shouting to cover up the readily apparent phenomena that he is nothing more than an overweight and aging perennial sea scout whose noise-making is in inverse ratio to his competence and to his character. But soon our would-be admiral of the fleet will embark on another voyage. This one is an uncharted and twisting stream that heads for a distant port called the Twilight Zone. Good news, Terry. We're pulling the ripcord in this episode. We, we can't, got to. Yeah, yeah. You mean, he, we, you know we, 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 we threatened it for all season five, right? And, and we didn't and, do it. And well, I mean, there's times where it's like, do we really want to talk about it? But we ended up like talking about every episode and actually kind of giving it to do. Even from Agnes with Love, we actually kind of walked through it. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that were kind of um, um, some clunkers in this this season, right? Well, we recently, just recently, oh, within even like Black Leather Jackets, we even talked about that. Yeah. We even gave it its due. I don't know how we did it, but we did. We we got through it. I mean, like there's been some terrific episodes throughout this series, some really poorly done episodes as well. I don't know if you could do any worse than this episode. This yeah. is trash. What? So could, could I could I could I pull the curtain back a little bit about how we do the show here? I'll just pull the, here the, some magic, right? Um, it's it's some magic like this. That cat was a witch. So there's some magic here. So two weeks ago. Uh, when I, uh, I I texted Terry, I was like, "Did you want to talk about the amusement park, uh, the, the the Romero like movie, which we talked about last episode because it just recently released?" And you're like, "Yeah," and then you admitted to me, you're like, "I didn't know you meant to talk about it this week." So you started taking notes for Sounds and Silences, and you're like, "Correct." I don't know about this episode. I'm like, "Okay, we'll get to it," because I had to watch it as well. And I'm like, "So we talked about um, I am the Night Color Me Black, which is a very like it's a like, in terms of message and Sterling's writing, it's an important episode, a heavy episode, yeah, definitely, right? And could you imagine going from that, and then the next week to this, which is also a Sterling one? It would be, it'd be like, oh yeah, he's a really important writer and worthy of things, and he absolutely is. It's like, and then we get this. So, so I threw the Romero thing in the middle as one because it had just come out. Romero was important to you, and I thought it was going to be a great discussion, and it was. And I wanted to get a little bit of distance between I am the night uh, and then this one. Right. And then something happened where we, we record normally earlier in the week. I had a brownout in my house, so I couldn't like take my notes properly. So we were, we've pushed back later in the week, whatever. So we've been dragging our feet for sounds and silences for probably almost two weeks now because we both knew. And then even when Terry came over tonight before we started recording, we talked for two hours before we turned the mics on because Neither one of us really wanted to get into this, but I wanted to give the credit to the actors, right? Um, brief synopsis, uh, asshole runs model ship company, uh, plays records real loud of like <sighs> sounds of war. Uh, that he every, never participated in. I mean, I guess he was in the Navy. Like you find out like he, but he was like a, he like, was a bumpkin and yeah, he was like, a bump. Yeah. Whatever. He like, you know, just, I don't even know what he was, but he has to live with constant noise because his mother made him eat brownies as a kid. That were quiet. Silent. Yeah. 
He and wanted Rice Krispie treats so bad. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, I had a cracker no bar crackers. once, and my my mom beat the shit out of me. That's not what he said. But so he punishes everybody else with this constant noise, with this constant like naval theme. Uh, it's just, it, and then eventually, uh, what you find out is that like through the Twilight Zone, like all the noises are now amplified to him for like a minute, so everything starts to like bother him, which could have been interesting. And then within a couple minutes, that gets washed away, but where he figures out, like, oh, I have the power of my mind. I could not make these noises loud. And then it veers the other way where he can't hear anything, kind of. And then that's your episode. Like, yeah. this thing. In a manner of speaking. In a manner of speaking, uh, which is what is said repeatedly in this episode. <laughs> um, it, 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 for an episode that has a naval theme, this thing is adrift from the jump. And it's very frustrating. Like, it's a comedy episode. It's a wink at the audience episode and, um, and Donner, you know, the one thing I'll, I'll give, there's, there's a couple of things that I'll give Donner credit for with the directing one, uh, at the beginning when you, when you see his, uh, well, when we get to, um, uh, Flemington's, uh, his own like house or cabin or whatever you want to call it, whenever he has all the noise up real loud, everything's shaking around him, Yeah, which is a nice kind of it's payoff. It's interesting, yeah. Because later when he can't hear anything, you just mm -hmm. see everything moving. It's like, okay, you get it. Like You can tell that the world is reacting to the noise and he can't hear it. That's that's a good payoff, right? In terms of like visually storytelling. Exactly. It's just, it, it, <laughs> I'm going to put everything at Sterling's feet here because I have no idea why this exists. And this is me coming off of um, finishing... I've talked about this before in the episode in the series. I, I'd gotten the audiobook version of As I Knew Him, My Dad, Rod Serling from Ann Serling. It's an amazing book. Everybody should check it out. Uh, Father's Day was just this past weekend. Uh, and not not because it was coincidental. I realized I had two hours left in the audiobook. I'm like, it's Father's Day. That seems kind of appropriate because it was her writing about her dad. kind of cute, actually. And it's, but it's like the last two hours is about him, like, you know, dying. So it's, it's like, it's just, it, it's, it's. It's an amazing book. I please everybody and, check and it out. And the father of our podcast, really, because yeah. we wouldn't have this podcast. Yeah. So I'm going through all this, like listening to all these. Like he was just like he's not a perfect man, you know. It, he would be the first person to tear himself down, but you could tell he tried his best to be a good dad. You can try. You can, you can hear all this stuff, right? And it's like, and here I am, like trying to fight back tears listening to this book. And then knowing I have to talk about goddamn sounds and silences this week. It's like, there's this weird dichotomy of like, I like, but even he would like be the first person to be like, yeah, they weren't all good. <laughs> like, <laughs> he wrote like a hundred episodes of the series. Like, yeah. And, and that's, yeah. that's a hell of a, uh, a, a, a task, man, especially keeping everything within the, the lines and keeping the, the company guys all happy to happy to, there is a lot to unpack to, to Serling, and I, I hope you enjoyed that book, and I, I, I hope to get to it as well. Um, this episode makes me so mad about what Serling has given to the, the general public, because this if, if somebody were to watch us randomly, if this was the one random episode of The Twilight Zone, and somebody would give a blanket statement to the series, I'd be so upset, because this episode doesn't really understand what the rest of the show can be. And maybe there's a message here. I didn't really understand what the message was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little muddy. I mean, if the message is you're an asshole and you're not taking everybody else into consideration and you get what you reap, what you sow. Cool. Like I get that. We've right? got, we've gotten better storytelling of that scenario. Like of that kind of like, can like idea. Yeah. This just, isn't, this doesn't work. Well, I mean, okay. If, if the notion was, I, I, I'll even, I'll even give this conceit because I will always argue, um, especially even now with the way we're connected with social media and have our phones and everything going on the entire time. Um, I feel like people easily fall into their screens and are constantly around distraction and noise. And that's what they want. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's easy to escape. Um, you know, like, I don't know, like a podcast. Wink. All right. So, um, but like, I can, I can see that there's these people that if you keep everything loud, then you don't have to think about yourself. Like, cause if everything's constantly barraging you and this is what you want, you never have to consider your position because if you never give yourself a moment for quiet reflection, 
yeah, you know, the, the problems are at bay, right? So I, that's kind of what I feel like with him, where it's like he took the wrong, like, it sounds like his mother was a terrible person. Um, by the way, also, can I just mention, if you can't have cookies, but you get brownies, um, you soft, still get brownies. Soft, soft baked cookies. But you still get brownies. Like, I don't, like, how, oh, no, you still get desserts. <laughs> Is it like, you know. Ice cream. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, cookies are too loud. I guess I just got to eat this other wonderful dessert. You know, like, I don't, like, okay, so you never had peanut brittle. You can move on. It's fine. Like, anyway, I, I didn't ever understand that. Um, but it's like, I just feel like it was like that moment because his wife was long-suffering and she, I, I have no idea what she saw in this guy to begin with. Twi- I don't know. 20 years, years, right? 20 years she le- like, she so, lived with this son of a bitch. Like, how could you so do you, it? You like, you like your music loud. I know you do because uh, I know you like the metal. Um, and I know you the like metal. the metal. Like, just, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> how many how many records do you have that are just of battles going on? Like, uh, I only have one where there's a track where it has an intro of battle, and that is Metallica, Injustice for All, and the intro to one has battle. Yes, yeah. That's it's, it. It's That's Vietnam all I stuff. have. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I guess from an oddity standpoint, if you got actual live captured audio, like I'm talking like uh, – uh, was it um, uh, Murrow, like when he was over on the front lines of World War II, like capturing, you know, all the noises and everything. That's interesting. But it's not like I could be like, you know what? I need to hear the sneak attack of Pearl Harbor. I just need to, I need to feel the rotor damage. Like, I think I just, uh, it's almost like, it's like, I know you love Halloween, but if like you just listen to spooky sounds records as loud all day long, it's like, here's a haunted house. Guys, listen, you can hear the creepy skeletons really loud here. No offense to any of our listeners that actually do that because I know maybe some of you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I'm, I mean, I'm Not sorry, me, but, but I, I, there are some of our, uh, some of our, is that, is that some ASMR things where it's like, I need to listen to haunted house noises all the time. Spooky shit is cool, dude. I don't, <laughs> I mean, a moderation. War battle stuff. It's not cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, There's a bit of difference there, but I, I mean, I love video games, but I'm not, you know what I need in the background? I just need, um, I just need the Contra music for, for like forever while I go what? to sleep. Like, no, I don't, what? whatever. Anyway, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, like, it's just, it's <laughs> There's like, bands that hey, cover hey, that so, stuff. It's like, Hey, Terry, you can really hear the spread gun here. If you just listen closely. <laughs> You know, like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, another man's died. He has 29 more. You can hear it. Like, I just, I don't understand that. The, the wife's long-suffering. His employees, like, I don't know why they're, they're still there. Um, Sterling does the gag, like, later on where it's like, I've been working here for four years. And someone's like, I've been working here for five years. It's like, all of you seem like partners in arms that you despise this guy. Um, and yeah. they're throwing they're throwing darts at, at his, his face. face. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I also I mean, at first I thought the idea of him having a model ship company and him being a captain was kind of funny, but that faded within like five seconds because him in his office listening to like the sounds of like the sea and him in a hammock. I'm like, okay, I it's, it's quirky, but then he goes around and berates all his employees. It's just, there's nothing about this guy that like, I, mean, I understand he's getting his comeuppance and you're supposed to like cheer for his downfall, but even terrible people you're supposed to be able to relate and understand why they're terrible and his story of his mother being against all sound is not enough because at that point you already dislike this guy and i just wonder i wonder what serling's point was with this i wonder who pissed him off like just in passing that was just a loud obnoxious son of a bitch it, perhaps like somebody like Patton or somebody like some commander who is like carried over these ideas that my lifestyle in the past like I was a commander or something like and then they carried it over into like I'm not saying Patton it, it, it was feels like there's guy, some stolen but, valor here with him yeah like of importance of like I it's like I was in the military once like once. I threw four touchdowns in one, one game yeah. <laughs> Or caught for yeah, touchdowns. It, it would be like if Al Bundy owed like you know a football store and be like you know like it's just whatever living I, out his glory for the rest of his day yeah. and even at this small little miniature shop whatever he's doing the thing I get I get some of that but I don't under, understand why he needs to be such a rude son of a bitch all the time and like 
commanding commanding the people and like every time he comes out of his office like people he always, are he in commands fear. everything like he's working on a ship and yeah. it's like come on like yeah. i put my notes here at one point i was like this must be the worst long john silvers to work at like because it's just constant berating and bell ringing <laughs> and it's just like all i want is hush puppies just can we can i not deal with the yelling i, I was just imagining uh Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And like the dude, um, what's his face? Uh the dude from um oh, earlier in a, he quits his job. Like he has the he has the the outfit on. Oh I've, I've never seen Fast Times. Oh my Ridgemont. god, are you serious? Are, are you gonna talk about Spicoli? I know Spicoli. Not, not, okay, oh. it's not Spicoli. Okay, sorry. No, he works I, at a seafood restaurant. He has to wear the whole get up, like the pirate outfit oh, okay. and everything. And he's he tries to hit on a chick at a light. And he has to throw all of his stuff out the door because he's like, I'm still dressed up as a, a pirate. Shit. Because <laughs> like this is his job. And I'm sure that all those people at the job are like, this dude is intolerable. I can't deal with it anymore. I, it, it, we're talking about people that work with him for a few years. They get a glimpse of this shit. And then he goes home and it treats his wife like complete garbage and like plays all this war stuff. It doesn't make any sense. I just don't understand. Is are these people? Do they exist? I, uh, that's what I want to know. None are of these are people, you out there? None of <laughs> none of these people are real. Like, like in terms of like, I, it, like you could tell like this is a total like fantasy. Like, I, like and that's fine if you can if you can do it right. And kind of like I don't know, like if you're doing like a, like a metaphor allegory or something, like sure. But like this is not done like this. This is supposed to be like. That also kind of implies like the 60s are boring as all get out because if your whole thing is that you're going to listen to naval battles all night, like, I don't, do, what else is there? Movies? You could maybe pick up a book. I don't know. But like, does he have neighbors too? That's a, that's, a, that's another question. Well, yeah, but well, he clearly is in a building that like there, he's in the middle of downtown because later when all the noises get amplified, like you see him looking out in the busy streets. So it's like, Something's going on, right? I just, but I didn't like, like, fine. If you're Captain D or whatever it is, or, you know, like, <laughs> fine. I don't know. Um, if Chunk, you're, Captain Chunk. Captain Chunk, yeah. And you go around and you, like, yell at everybody, like, this is this is what you do, whatever. Uh, but it's, like, even, like, outside of that, when he addresses his wife, it's, like, he's talking like he's, like, this naval person, like, naval, like, chipman or whatever, right? And then when he goes to the dentist, not dentist, uh, the, the ear, nose, and throat guy later, it's, like, it's like he won't break character. Like, 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 um, you mentioned Al Bundy with like, you know, four touchdowns in one game. Like, it just feels like, like, I, um, you know, I worked four summers in an amusement park, like, and they were fun, but it would feel like I would just, all I would talk is an amusement park vernacular after that. Like, I just, like, you had one thing, like, you, it's fine. Glory days. Yeah. Like, I get, I, I, I get, make sure you clean the midway, blah, 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 you know, the, like, <laughs> throw the hoop around the dog for success. I don't know. I have no idea. Like whatever, you know, like keep your arms straight as you throw don't, it. The don't get jugs. triggered, man. Don't get triggered. No. Nope. Um, I, I, I mean, there are definitely, this whole episode's a triggering event for me. Like, just, there, there are definitely some ideas that really failed in this. And I understand like the glory days guy, like understanding the, he's shitty because he wants people to, adhere to this this whole lifestyle that he wants to surround himself with. he really is surrounding himself with it too and i know that we pulled the ripcord on it but this is there is a lot of fails in this episode and i can't like i can't go without saying those fails too because yeah. it just doesn't make sense i mean okay so if you if you give me this is the twilight zone where there's a guy that wants to constantly be around noise and is obnoxious and then he wakes up the one night and everything is amplified and he has to try to like suffer through that's enough of an episode for me because then you could show which this episode doesn't even adhere to those rules like why does the water dripping like sound like machine gun fire bullets yeah but, like, like, what is going on there? which is fine right fine that just shows you like how terrible it is but speech amongst him and everybody else is fine but then like shoe squeaking is like you know killing him it's like like I would almost believe it's like I I if it was me rewriting the episode, I would have him in his office like trying to like deal with all of this, and then you he would hear like 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 the under the breath stuff of his coworkers outside being like oh that son of a bitch or whatever like him like it would be amplified and he would hear all of that, and then when he would go try to confront them. Like that would even be worse. Like because like the glugging of the water machine later, uh, the shoes like I mentioned, uh, it's like. You could have like, 
the what the lesson there could have been like um you know you this is all costing you all of this but now you're forced to pay attention which the that we learned this entire time that he's never been forced to pay attention he just bullies everybody and blasts them with noise but that's not the that's not the message we get here right um there's an episode in season 3 called uh, mind of the matter where this guy suddenly believes he has the ability to just project things and make it happen. It's a terrible comedy episode. I think also written by Serling. Eh. Uh, but like, it's almost the same idea. It's like, it doesn't really go anywhere. And with this, it's like, I know, I know Rod, I know, I know you got frustrated and you felt like you were being like, you know, the, the toothpaste tube that was squeezed all the way out here. I still feel like maybe like someone could have been like, Hey, where, what, what's going on with the second act? Because okay. you've set up such a cartoon scenario, then at least give us a cartoon finale where it's like, oh, you're a miniature shipbuilder? Like, okay, cool. What if we want you to christen this warship, like this, like, you know, like tall ship that or whatever it is, like, like, come on out and 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 remind us of your glory days, and we're gonna have a big band, we're gonna have gunfire, we're gonna have cannons, and just watching this guy just like just terrified by everything. Like wouldn't that have been better? Like that, that actually like, sounds a hell of a lot better. Like, and you could still had fun with it. You could still made it for comedy. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of criticisms here, and I, I hate to say it. It's not. It's not rated very well on IMDb either. Thank goodness. We are not. We are not in the minority here. And if anybody enjoyed this episode, let me put this <laughs> out there real quick. If anybody enjoyed this episode, and we're like just trashing it nonstop and you actually enjoyed it please let us know why we're wrong um because this is our opinions i would prefer somebody to show us the merit of this episode i don't see much here and i think that uh roswell uh is a he, he was a, a insufferable character and I, I guess that was the point but I think that John McVire McGiver McGiver yeah. he overacted the shit out of this role. I think he overacted. And I'm, well, then I'm, you got to you got to put I a little bit of Donner because if Donner didn't like tell him to pull it back, rain it bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised that people were just covered in spit too. Like yeah, angry, <laughs> angry spit, angry spit and sweat because this guy just like looked like. Like a uh, an anime character, just like mm. giving off <laughs> so much moisture, and it was it was I don't know. I just felt dirty watching it too because of him, just him. Yeah, but even like the realization is like I can control this and I can shut down my my wife that is speaking reasonably to me and make her quiet. It's yeah, like, how messed up is that too? Yeah, just like it's like oh, so you were able to do that. So then the whole thing is like we find out that he's able to like like silence her, but he at what cost? It's like, but. That's not even a payoff either, because if he like if he was able to focus his brain to not hear noises loud, he'll probably be able to focus to hear things okay again. It's like there was no like there was no that minute of like you're testing your powers and then you go too far. I mean, I guess you get that a little bit here, but I just bleh. not enough. Like it yeah. I, maybe maybe this is something that we could have gotten the longer format and it would have explained more. This didn't work. I, I it wouldn't have been a good episode in a longer format either. But if you if you would have had that bit of storytelling that would have unfolded that, like if the reverse of it was that he was annoyed by everybody and was like, "It's just too much chatter," and he was like, "I want quiet," and then he just like just wills into existence, and then suddenly he can't enjoy the things he enjoyed before. Like that's also a way you can go with that. Are, like, just, are you afraid of the dark? Did it better? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, I, I don't. Of all the episodes, I've I've uh, choked down of that. I don't know if I saw that one or not. Maybe I did because um, she all the one girl wanted to be left alone. No, uh, well, there's an episode in the the eighty five Twilight Zone where it's a woman that can stop time, like she has a necklace or something. I I remember that she's like just quiet, and then everybody stops, and then we find out like you know there's consequences for that. I'm I'm not remembering it correctly, but I do remember that like she just wanted a moment, and then she's like I could stop time, and then it gets weirder from there. If if our audience wants more, are you afraid of the dark? Please uh, reach out to us because Paul loves. This is how I art. feel about that. Sorry. I know. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, uh, my wife did make me spend a, a number of dollars years ago on the blue uh, a pirated Blu-ray copy of Are You Afraid what? of the Dark? All seven seasons. Uh, so I've I've made us watch 
through season four or five because I'm like, we're going to get our $50 worth out of this or whatever. The, the Canadian government loves you. Right? No, it was a bootleg. It was some kind of bootleg. <laughs> and, I, and she's like, I love Ari the Dark. I'm like, do you? And it's like, it, I, I feel bad because I kind of do that thing of like where you find that kid smoking cigarettes. It's like, are you like cigarettes? Here's a whole pack. The, like, the, the, my, my goal was to be like, you didn't really like this, did you? <laughs> like, the, there's the definitely some rose-colored gla- yeah, colored I wanted, glasses I to be like, that. no, no, you want Are You the Dark? How about all of it? And then at the end, like, I don't want it anymore. No, but you love this. <laughs> like, this, like, is convers- <laughs> this is a conversation I've had with my wife, too, about go- goosebumps, too. So, like, there, I'm sure there are probably people that are listening right now. They're amongst the age of people that were oh, watching that show. kids remember. Yeah, Perhaps. I mean, I, it wasn't, I, I wasn't the demographic for that. No. When, when, when that was made i wasn't watching like i wasn't interested if you like goosebumps please reach out to us <laughs> sure whatever I, we'll, we'll cover whatever we've watched this like well and we've covered uh the tale of station 109.1 from uh are you afraid of the dark and um dead man's float or whatever it was the raft episode we've covered that as well uh so we've covered we've covered are you afraid of the dark on the series previously if you guys want us to cover more we'll do it like yeah. it's we're looking Ugh. for content. Honestly, you're looking it, for content. Why well, have seven seasons of content that we can get into? <laughs> we, there, we, we've enjoyed this ride. Um, you know, as much as we've talked a lot of crap about this episode, we have more to go with Twilight Zone. Nine and, more, thankfully. Dude, uh, yeah. I've enjoyed this ride. Would you call it? This is awesome. I'm glad it would be a part of it. But, you know, those little uh, detours that we've been taking, I thoroughly enjoy those as well. Like, yeah. the, the amusement park was uh, interesting. Uh, we had a lot of good conversation with it. Tales from the Dark Side was yes. awesome. Like, yep. I can't wait for all well, these Even other- Nightmares, because we kept kicking the, 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 the tires on that, too. That was a fun movie. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, like, I love the detours. It's just, I mean... I mean, here, here's the admission. We're, we're now, after this one, we got nine to go for the original series. And we're still kind of up in the air about where we're going to take the show next. And it's like, I mean, I think I think I know where we're going. We've not confirmed it. But it's like, you know, the, the future's wide open. And with the name of the show the way it is, and I've talked about this previously, it's not beholden to Twilight Zone. Yeah. But there's more Twilight Zone out there. So, like, why not, like, also keep going? And, and, we, and yeah. we appreciate you guys listening. And if, if you're enjoying all this content, you enjoy the banter that we have, please tell us yeah. what you want us I'm, to I'm cover. I'm witty as all get out. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> witty as shit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm articulate as shit here. Come on, please. Oh, you're coining somebody else's term. <laughs> Yeah. Um, please listen to the other podcasts. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, please tell us what you guys want to see. Like, well, l- listen to us. They're going to be like, listen, Watch. we want you to cover Sounds and Silences yeah. again. No, yeah, don't um, do that. No, it's just, this is one of those ones. It's like, um, like for, for everything, again, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, pimp out that as I knew him book uh, over and over again, because it's a wonderful book. And you should. Like, and I, again, I, I listened to the audio book version of it. I guess the print version has a lot of photos that I obviously can't be like description, Sterling smoking cigarette. But, uh, um, with this though, it's like, it was a wonderful book. Uh, Anne Sterling did the narration as well. Um, and it's like to, to hear him, to hear her talk about like the sense of humor that Rod had and how like, we as an audience never really got to hear his real voice. Like he has this clip delivery wise in front of the camera and about like all the dumb shit he would do to make his, his family laugh. It's like, I would have just been en- like enamored with him. And he just sounds like a really funny guy. Um, also this upsets my wife when I told her that he used to like belching really loud and be like, who stepped on that frog, which is the dumbest joke <laughs> ever, but I appreciate that. Like, <laughs> It sounds like he had a really good sense of humor, and, and like, he seemed it, very cynical too. Yeah. Like in his interviews and that, like he was quick to, to, to like sarcastic and, know, and knowing, right? Like, yeah, like yeah. It's just, he was always the first to cut himself down, but also the first to kind of like he he always had he always had a good quip, right? Like, dude had a sense of humor. Like I, uh, I just listening to all the things that he did with his daughters and his family, it's like sounds like a really funny guy to be around, and he also liked a good joke. Um, I don't know if he was able to write comedy. Like I just, I, every, every comedy episode that he's written is kind of like just falling on its keys. My favorite comedy, and I'll put that in quotes, episode of the Twilight Zone is still from season one. It's called the chaser. He didn't write that. And I adore that episode. Um, and I think there's episodes that have a sense of fun about them. I think the Twilight Zone could be expansive and have fun as well. Um, 
like even talking about like the Jordan Peele stuff, there like there's definitely fun to be had there. Uh, it's just that like, and I'll, I'll throw this to you too. Like with the, the well, you mentioned like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark, whatever. But like the tw- like the X Files, they would have some comedy episodes that actually work. Yeah, and I don't think they would have tried that if it wasn't for something like this. Like, bumps and all. And right? No, yeah. no, that's a very good point. Uh, I mean, like, as, as serious of a show as that was, because I, I love X-Files, and I'm still trying to get through the original run of the series, yeah. and it's it's daunting at this point. Well, there's one in the later seasons that uh, it's them, both uh, Scully and Mulder, telling uh, interactions with the vampires that they run into. Uh, was it um, Luke Wilson's in one of the episodes? He plays a sheriff hmm. in that episode, and to hear uh, Mulder talk about it, Luke Wilson shows up with like uh, like buck teeth and just like a Southern Hick accent. But like when uh, Scully's talking about it, he's really attractive and handsome. Like you hear, oh, it's like okay. it's just really funny because they're dealing with like him and like these vampires, and it's like you, you the glamour. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like not him. He's not a vampire, but they're telling their own versions of what happened that day, and it's just funny because you see like the truth lies somewhere. In the middle and it's really really funny like it's entertaining uh, and then there's an episode when they did the revival the two season revival i've talked i think i've talked about this before on the episode there's one called um was it fox and uh was it fox and scully versus the the wear monster where it's a uh, riz darby uh the guy from um yeah you've uh, told yeah, me yeah, about yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it's a like just howlingly funny episode yeah. you know like no no puns intended oh i just i enjoyed funny. it it's like it's like it was like this creature that got bit by like a person. He and so like every full moon he becomes a man and does nothing. Like <laughs> it's it's so dumb, but it's great. Like so you could have fun with this stuff. I'm gonna guess too. Also with like the Alfred Hitchcock presents things, I'm gonna guess there's probably some comedy episodes there too. Yeah. Like I think comedy and anthology can work. It's just I don't know. Like for as expansive and as amazing and prolific as a writer as Rod is, and as funny as he seems to be as a person. I don't know where the hurdle is with him when writing this stuff. And that's frustrating to me. And it's kind of a bummer because I, I think he's an intelligent dude to the point where he, he knows what comedy is. And like to what you were saying, like we understand he was a funny guy in his day-to-day life and that. And very cynical, again, like I was saying earlier, in interviews and all of that, why, why weren't these episodes hitting for me i like i don't understand because i i those interviews he's a funny dude he's a like really i, funny I guy, really yeah. enjoyed yeah. his jokes and that and maybe it is that second pass maybe you know there wasn't enough time somebody to go over the script and be like uh rod these aren't really hidden they're yeah. like i'm not it's not firing on it all just, the it cylinders. just feels like of all the things he's able to do like this was like the big like i know you keep trying and it's and it's just it doesn't work and it's like and you know whatever I, like again I'm very thankful to to take this journey with you and with the listeners and that watching the Twilight Zone episodic like from episode to episode like season to season I know we're in the back 10 now um it's like so you're going to get your you're going to get your sweet and your sour and we're going to discover things that we never considered before just like the previous Twilight Zone episode like I have, I am the night called me black like you know like um it is a heavy it's heavy handed but it's important and I'm glad that we watched it I'm glad that we watched this. I just, this will always come back to kind of my, like, the longer I go with this series, the more I believe that people put on rose-colored glasses because they they know, like, their favorite five or ten. Yeah. Twilight Zone episodes. And then they, because of those, like, the heights of the series, they hold this thing up like, 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 oh, well, you know, I like the Twilight Zone, blah, 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 blah. It's like. Yes, those are all amazing. It moved storytelling forward. It let more sci-fi horror become like a permanent, like treating, like Serling loved reading sci-fi and he loved reading like pulp, but he wasn't really a fan of, he wanted to be more a dramatic writer. So, but he realized that the censors were having problems with some of his more dramatic stories, which we talked about with I Am the Night, Color, Color Me Black, that he was like, well, but if I have being robots or aliens, like the message gets through. So he was able to kind of come to sci-fi and horror as a means to telling dramatic stories and giving it legitimacy. And I think that's important for us to recognize um, that gave us all going forward that you can tell legitimately character-driven stories that are set in these weird worlds. And I will be forever grateful for that. With that being said, you know... (laughs) If you wrote a shit pile, you wrote a shit pile. And Sounds and Silences, 
I mean, what's the sounds? It's a bunch of farts. That, and I don't know what it is. This, this is, this is not a good episode. It is not good at all. Uh, when we revisit the season five wrap up here with our top five, like top five and bottom five, uh, this one has uh, jumped to the top of the charts, you know, in a lot of ways. So. Skyrocketing to the top of the yeah, charts. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> number one with a bullet. No, number one with a noise. It's just, it's <laughs> like, I couldn't, like, it's just like, I, I understand that I shit talk Earl Hamner, um, which, like, again, the more I've heard about him, he sounds like a wonderful person, but it's like, uh, and like, like, I can't hate him as a man, but I do not like him as a Twilight Zone writer. <laughs> And again, I know that like, you know, the very last episode is one of his. So I'm crossing fingers. I'm hoping it's, I hope it, uh, like my bar for that is that it's okay. Like, Je- Jezbel yeah, part two. Yeah, but not even, it's just like, just not be black leather jackets for the love of Christ. Anyway. So, uh-huh. but yeah, uh, Sterling, we got a couple more of his coming in. So like I was looking here, um, we have, uh, what was it? We have the Jeopardy room, which is coming up in two episodes. And then we have, uh, uh, a teleplay, Mr. Garrity in the Graves, and then the Brain Center of Whipples, which sounds like a comedy episode, and the fear. So we have, what, three more Serling coming. We can appreciate him. I'm hoping he gives us something more to dig into. That's all. Like, oh my gosh. Like, this was, this was, it, it annoyed me watching it the one time, and then knowing, for whatever reason, having us drag this out two weeks to talk about it now somehow made it worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> And we I apologize on. to the listeners, but it's like, we knew this was coming. It's like, oh, God, not this, you know. Paul, Paul it, the, the, to be broken. honest with our listeners is the most important thing. Yeah, just. Uh, yeah, and like, what, like to reiterate what Paul said, we had our opinions about this. That's us. If you enjoyed this, let us know. Like, if you dug it, you you saw some uh, like, real value to this episode. Like, in a manner of speaking, you're all wrong. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the in a manner of speaking, that that phrase showed up like eight thousand times this episode. So tired, and of it, it pissed me off every. Yeah. T- in a manner of speaking, it pissed me off. Yeah. Manner of speaking, this episode was at right down the toilet. So. <laughs> in a manner of speaking, yeah, it was. It, yeah, anyway, so yeah. yeah, it was not great. So, yeah, I mean, look at us, just uh, thrashing and bashing uh, sounds and silences. We here. could do it. Woo! We we, right. we we were able to put things on a pedestal, and we were also <laughs> able to like we 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 were like a cat that sees something on the edge of the desk. And it's like, nope, f this, <laughs> and just knock it right off. That's what happened there. So, all right, it's just. You have any other notes? I have. I have some trivia, kinda. After this, but let's like. Do you have anything else? We'll get to the twist, and we'll get to no. Let's get to that trivia. Well, okay, trivia and then twist. All right. So, uh, because uh, there was a script uh, entitled "The Sound of Silence" that was submitted to the producers. um, But by the way, I kept saying the name of the production company was Kyaga because we live in Kyaga County. It's Kiaga. I didn't realize. Oh, see, that's a that's a simple thing. Yeah. Well, because I heard uh, and Serling say it. Because it's like, oh, I was like, oh, because it's in New York. I'm like, oh, Kiaga. Like, no, we live in Cuyahoga. Like, <laughs> it's just, is it right. spelled the same way? Kind of. It's almost the same. It's uh. like, that's why I was like, Kiaga? Anyway, so it's like also like, certainly you lived in Ohio for but Melewake. You never heard, yeah. Melewake. It means Algonquin. The good place or whatever. Like, was it the good place? It's a good place in Algonquin. Yeah. It's like, oh, also the land of. The three was a mayor, uh, three socialist mayors, whatever they say. All right, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the script was titled "The Sound of Silence," submitted to the producers and rejected. Following the first screening of "Sounds and Silences," the original author successfully sued Rod Serling for plagiarism because of similarities in the plot and was awarded thirty five hundred dollars in damages. <laughs> Since litigation was ongoing at the time of the syndication package that was created. Uh, the episode was withheld until 84 when it first resurfaced on a special holiday presentation, which I'm going to guess this was paired with miniature. Cause that one was also withheld because there was a lot of uh, plagiarism. Talk. That makes sense. Yeah. So it just, so during this original five season run of the twilight zone, this was the only time it aired hmm. like, before. So it was locked away uh, for 20 years. I mean, it, this is not a good episode, but like it, it, it sucks that it was taken out of the syndication package because of the litigation. Yeah. So this might be also why it's not talked about a lot because it wasn't in syndication until later. So, but good on, good on, um, I, well, I know this has now been removed from Netflix, but good on, um, like, uh, Paramount plus 
and like Hulu that they've included like this for all the episodes that were pulled originally, they're all available now for streaming. So that's good. So, you know, like complete the set. You got to, you got to run the series, right? Good and bad. Got to catch them all. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that, um, that there are still an ability to catch, uh, catch, watch all these episodes. Uh, just know that soon that you will not have that ability on Netflix. Was it the end of June? Or was it? I think it's the end of of June. Yeah. So uh, if you are listening, um, you're keeping up with these episodes, you will not be able to catch them on Netflix. You'll have to uh, revert to Hulu if you do not have um, the the box set or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Or Paramount Plus, which actually has season four. So, yeah. Because Hulu does not. And that's super cheap, too. I would still have my Paramount Plus. It's actually like considering that it was originally CBS All Access, but then when Paramount rolled it in, they're actually offering a lot more content now. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. There's a lot more good stuff there. And also the, the two seasons, the Jordan Peele produced Twilight. Zone, Are you so. afraid of dark is on her? That's true. All you afraid <laughs> of dark's on there. It, it, it still Wait. blows my mind that like the 85 Twilight Zone's not on there though. That feels like it's a missed opportunity. I know it, it's uh, going to be a bummer. Um, if we ever want to cover any of those episodes, Well, I mean, you and I can find a way, but I'm just worried about the audience at large. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's like, why not? It's like, you have it like, but whatever. That's the other. So, uh, what do you, what, what about that twist? Yeah, let's just get the reverse order. I like, I like all the angry noises I'm making here. I'm just like, anyway, so, um, twist that the asshole that was loud and then suddenly everything got quiet for him. I'm just gonna give it a one. Like that felt very like from the jump that he was an abusive son of a bitch and wanted everything loud. And then suddenly that was taken away from him. Yeah. I, I give it a one as a, as far as a twist. I give it a five and a toilet flush <laughs> scale. So you got to give it five flushes. Five flushes out of five. Yeah. So the twist, I uh, just to remind everybody, regardless of what we're talking about, the twist is one out of five. One being like, oh, we've seen that coming from a mile away. Five minds blown. One for the twist scale. Five flushes agreed. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, there we go. So before we talk about what we're doing next, uh, let, let's get into our, our like how you guys can find us. Uh, we have a, a Facebook page at Strange Highways. Uh, you can join us there. We're posting weird pictures. I do have pictures from this episode, like as much as we've been sandbagging it. Uh, I do have a, a specific one of a dart in the head of the picture of our main character. So there's that. I'm excited for that Yeah, it's one. excited for that, right? So um, so you guys find us there. You can email us directly at strangehighways.gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. That'd be greatly appreciated. And Terry, how else people, how else can they find us? We're, we're on Instagram, people, uh, people, um, folks, everyone, consumers, uh, loved ones yeah. in a manner of speaking. Um, we're on Instagram. Check us out on there. Um, please. I have to re- reiterate every single time. Listen to Paul. Give us some love on um, whatever you know rating system you have on the podcast service that you uh, you listen. Um, all of that is big kudos for us, and it moves it, it moves the the py- pylons. Like it, we are able to like get more out of that. Like we can generate more. And I have to reach out to uh, Matt. He has recently reached out onto us uh, to us on Facebook with a comment. Um, we love all the comments. We we thrive on that stuff. So thank you, Matt. Uh, we appreciate the love. Um, and if you guys, uh, they are not a sponsor. If you guys are going to be at um, Living Dead Weekend, we are going to be there. Yeah. So you can say hi to us. Uh, we're going to be uh, mingling amongst people. We are Living not- Dead Weekends in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, yeah. uh, where the dead films were, where a lot of them were made. We right? are not so, guests. Yeah. We will just be attending. Yeah. If you if you want to look for some. Um, like for me, if you look for an overweight white guy wearing probably a black shirt, that's probably most of the people in attendance. But uh, beard guy in denim, that will be <laughs> beard me. Beard guy in denim, <laughs> <laughs> and I will be. Uh, I'll be overweight guy in a black shirt that has nothing to do with uh, the Romero stuff. <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about wearing my Psycho Goreman shirt just to be different. I think I'm about wearing my uh, my uh, you know hunky boy shirt. You're going to three, see three people with that same. I'm guaranteeing you. I'm right. sure. I'm sure. I, I am not me I, being one of them. I'm not original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So yeah. if you guys are attending that, uh, we hope to see you. Uh, we'd love to meet some of our fans in that. Again, we are not going to be guests there, and there are not sponsors, but we would love to interact with you if yeah. you're going to be there. So if you're going to be there, cool. Otherwise, if you like again, if you like the show, recommend it to others. Uh, yeah, and if you guys have ideas for us to cover uh, additional things in the future, whether it be goosebumps, are you afraid of the dark? 
Um, I don't know. Night Gallery. Night I'm, Gallery. I'm, I'm hoping yeah. for somebody to recommend some Night Gallery episodes. Yeah, uh, that'd be fun too. I mean, yeah, whatever. We're down for we're 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 down to clown. That's I don't even know what that means. All right. <laughs> uh, we're yeah, like, we're, we're, we're we're both juggalos. <laughs> whoop whoop. Uh, Fago for life. That's what's going to happen. So, yeah, uh, next episode is called uh, Caesar and Me. So let Mr. Sherling take it away. And now, Mr. Serling. Next time out of the Twilight Zone, we move into a very dark corner of the odd and the unpredictable with a story called Caesar and Me. It's written by Adele T. Strassfield and it stars one of the most talented young men on the acting scene today, Jackie Cooper. Here's one that may stay with you after the lights are out. It's a story of a ventriloquist and his dummy. And this one is designed for the cold chills and the hot fevers. Okay. Like cold chills and hot fevers. That sounds like, that sounds upsetting. I don't know. We'll find out. I've not seen it yet. So this will be fun. We'll get into it. It it has to be better than this one, right? It has a a dummy in it. And, uh, you know, (laughs) those are creepy. So, yeah. I mean, we've we've already visited. And that. I'm only we, talking about the doll. I don't even know what we've else. talked about. The, we've talked about the the doll. We talked. We talked about Talking Tina. We uh, the season three episode. The dummy was a highlight of that season. And it's yeah, another another um, you know inanimate object. So the, but we'll get there. Right? High so, hopes. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, be good. Be safe. Uh, in a manner of speaking, don't be a dick. So. That's what I got. Uh, fair enough. Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck.